what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. We'll try not to like too much talk over each other, but again, we are girls and we are going to disagree. Like, <laughs> okay, you know, moving on, moving on. Like, well, make it fun. <laughs> Welcome to Chick Chat, everybody, and Happy New Year. Welcome to the 2021 first edition of Chick Chat. We've been doing this a while, and and I feel like we say the same stuff every New Year's, but Happy New Year, Jeanette. How you doing? Happy New Year. I'm doing well. How are you? Hanging in there, you know, yeah. hopeful, happy, trying to stay positive about the year ahead of us. Yes. Yes. There's, there's so much going on, um, and we'll get to some of that in a minute, but um, how was your holiday season? It was good. It was nice to get a little break. The kids were excited and happy, and so it was nice. And everybody's healthy and, and still somewhat locked down, I'm assuming? Still somewhat locked down, and everyone's still doing well, though, Um Schools have opened up a little bit, but um, so they've started transitioning kids back into the classrooms and cohorts, but uh, my daughter will be remote for the rest of the year. That's just what we elected because it it came down to having her in class four days a month, oh. and to us, it just wasn't worth it. <laughs> it wasn't worth it. So. A month? So they would a only be back yeah. like, what, like one day a week or something? Or Two days a week, every other week. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, well, that sounds strange. We're, we are as well still virtual for like no options yet. Um, yeah. There is discussion of the elementary schools going back in February okay. in cohorts two days a week and then the three days remote, but the, obviously the cohort swap. So like their Wednesday right. is always kind of the free day. So yeah. you're either in the Monday, Tuesday group or the Thursday, Friday group. And of course they can't promise us anything yet because of numbers. They have to monitor like right up to the, the day, of course, if it's going to be letting your kids go back to school or not, but we'll see. I don't know. Um, I, Whatever. My kids kind of are just like not getting their hopes up on anything. Yeah. Because we've kind of told them not to. <laughs> like <laughs> things change so much with spikes or this or that or whatever. So we're kind of waiting to see. But that is only the elementary school, which is my youngest daughter. My next, uh, the oldest daughter will be, she's in middle school and they won't be until like several or two or three weeks after a successful reopening of elementary schools happen. So even okay. that's even more like questionable and then right. high schoolers, which I don't have any of that, but high schoolers would then go like two or three weeks after that. So, I mean, they're looking at like, you know, mid March before high schoolers go back. And I'm kind of like, what's the point? Like just Aren't they out in May or June or something like that. I know. I'm like, just, just keep them virtual, finish up, like let the teachers just finish what they started this go around and whatever. But yeah. We'll see. We're kind of just waiting and seeing what the options will be whenever the time is relevant. Who knows? But onward and upward, 2021, come on, 2021, (laughs) like 
do us do us good. Like I need I need some I need some good stuff. I'm like I'm just tired. I, mean, I don't know about you, but I mean just tired. Like oh yeah, I feel like it's sort of brain sucking a little bit. Like of <laughs> of everything. Like yesterday I did laundry. And I swear afterwards, I thought I had mono or something. I was just exhausted. <laughs> like, I was just like, ugh, everything. Oh, I live in a constant state of being sleepy. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. It's just, I think it's the monotony. It's the same stuff that we're kind of doing in your house. And I mean, we're trying really hard, obviously. Now, my husband travels for work some. So we try extra hard if he's been traveling to really all stay at home, you know, and yeah. It's just hard. Like it's crummy, but it's tiring. So I'm yeah. I'm needing some some good pick me up. But I've had some over the last week. I've had a good okay. pick me up here and there. So we're gonna talk about several things today. You know, I know that we try to avoid topics like politics and religion and stuff here on the podcast. Yes. yes. Which we're still going to do. But it is our duty to report <laughs> that the United States has a new president. We do. It's, again, I don't care one way or the other what people's opinions and whatever. That's everybody's got their own opinion and they're welcome to support whoever they want to support. But the simple fact is, is that we have a new president, whether you like it or not. Right? Yes. <laughs> and I feel that the... Uh, inauguration itself. It's a very, very important part, I feel like, of our history and the way that the United States operates and how it's been done for ages and ages. So um, I feel it's important to talk about what people wore that day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, absolutely. (laughs) So we're just gonna, I mean, there's so much that happened, but really it's chick chat and we're going to talk about what the ladies wore. So, um, welcome to office, President Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, he is, it's official now, um, just, just a couple days now. We're recording this right after this actually happened. So, it's still very fresh. Um, did you watch any inauguration stuff? I did. I watched pretty, probably most of it, um, you know, on and off while working, had it on in the background. But, um you know, with it being chit chat, I mean, the first female vice president, I mean, come on, how exciting is that regardless of a party affiliation? Exactly. Does not matter any of the politics of it. The fact is, it's a girl. It's a female. It is a chick. It is a chick who chats, maybe. (laughs) Who she, I believe she can chat, which. I believe she could chat. (laughs) Um, Yes. Kamala Harris is the new VP, the first female VP along with, you know, the first of a non-white race, if you will. Like that is just uh, so many things. Check all these boxes of new, 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 new. It is just fresh, refreshing um, as a female. Um, You have a daughter. I have two daughters. I've made it very clear to my children that, you know, the politics of it, are what they are, but that it is special no matter what, that this was a female going in office. And yeah, and I think it's, 
Oh, absolutely. And I think it's pretty cool that, you know, our daughters are around the same age. So Mm -hmm. the fact that the, after right around the time they were born, we had our first black president who was elected and now the first female black president or vice president who was elected, um, first female, first non-person of, you know, of color, Mm -hmm. but I mean, how cool is that? Like to them, it's just kind of like, that's the way it is, you know? Absolutely. That's the world that they're growing up in where it's, it's kind of like, it's a big deal to them, I think. But to us, it's like, oh my gosh, we never thought we'd see the day. And for them, it's just kind of like, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just what it is. I, found I think myself, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's hundred percent cool. I found myself talking with my husband, um, back when the election was actually going on before inauguration stuff, you know, and I I found myself almost a little emotional talking to him about it saying, you know, I can clearly recall, and I know it's still the same now, but like it was very evident when I was younger and we were in school and there were, there were books like kids books and stuff about how you can be anything you want to be. Right. Like you can be this. And it seemed to me, that the examples that were always given when people would say you can be whatever you want to be were things like astronauts and presidents. Right. Yeah. You remember that? Like, does that make yeah. sense? Right. Like, that's only a certain person <laughs> going to do that. Not everybody's going to do that. Exactly. But they're that's telling you, <laughs> you can be the president or you can you be an astronaut, you know, <laughs> and, and here we're actually seeing this now. And, you know, I mean, that was 30 years ago or so that I was hearing this being told to me. Right. And so not that I didn't ever believe that it couldn't happen, but it sure is nice to see it in real life. Yeah. I mean, even when people would tell you to be anything what you want it to be, even in the back of your mind, you're kind of like, I mean, I don't really fit the profile to be that, but sure, one day maybe. Now, like, if you tell, I I can confidently say to my daughter and my son, as he gets older, absolutely, you can do and be anything that you want to be. You could be president. You know, it could happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I never really had the math skills to advance. (laughs) My right. idea of being an astronaut. So yeah, you don't want me up there trying to figure out stuff every day. <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool to be up there floating in space and seeing stuff, but you don't want me to be the one create curing anything. <laughs> right. Like I'm all for anybody that can do it. Right. I'll fly the ship. <laughs> but I'll, I'll I'll read the map. <laughs> but I'm I'll really not a girl on the whole yeah. astronaut thing. But you know, it's cool to see. It was it was it was, uh, it's been a crazy few weeks um, yeah. in America, if you will. Um, again, just keeping all like politics, parties and stuff aside of it. It's just been a crazy couple weeks and yeah. a, crazy couple months. And so um, the inauguration, I too watched it as much as I could um, throughout the day. It was just, I felt like a little bit of a like, okay. Here we go. Like, this is kind of a reset button. Like, let's just see what can happen here now. Like, yeah, we got to, we've got that fresh start. Let's just see what happens now. And yeah. Um, but the, the pomp and circumstance was a little different, obviously, because of COVID. So there right. was a huge party of people in the crowd. Um, instead, it was replaced by flags. Um 
or one person for everybody that's died from COVID. And that was, that was crazy, crazy to see, um, hard to watch, but I was very proud that they did that. Um, um, and you know, I tell you what, one of my favorite parts of the inauguration was, is when it's the buildup and when, when everybody's arriving, right. Yeah. And them all come out and stuff. It was like seeing, well, when, when I saw these former presidents come out all from different parties, right. Right. And they're like fist bumping and, and elbow <laughs> tapping. I was, I was almost giddy at how cute it yeah. was. Like, yeah. It was adorable. They all had that look of relaxed feeling to them. I mean, one, because they ain't trying to have to take this on, right? Like they've, right, right. They've done their part. They're they their part. On that, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like to see them do this was so super cute. And, and, you know, there was at one point there was um, Clinton, Obama, and Bush all standing sort of relatively close to each other. And you could tell they were in the same conversation. Right. And I was like, I'm going to tell my kids that's the Avengers. (laughs) (laughs) That was like, that was the coolest thing. It was like people in clothing, but then I see afterwards, like that they had gone off and made a video clip for President Biden. And seeing those three talk and send like a well wish to him. Yeah. I mean, it was cool. Super cool. And what a great like role model that comes across as, right? Like these three guys together. And it's just it's just funny to me. Like they call each other Bill and George. Yeah. You know? I and mean, you can you can see that they at least it appears that they genuinely like and respect each other. Hundred um, percent. There was no animosity there. It wasn't just for show. It was kind of like, hey, seeing an old buddy that you haven't seen in a while, and you know, and yeah, it, it was good to see him again. And you know, um, George got to see Michelle, his girlfriend. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love that. Which, which is like the cutest relationship in all of Washington, cutest. right? They like, are I, the most adorable. I love their relationship. Anytime that I can see them together and I just I just love it Michelle Obama I'll say it a thousand times this podcast all parties and affiliations aside Michelle Obama is a gem and when she walked out on that platform in her outfit I mean I was I mean (laughs) I was like excuse me you have just stolen the show she was stunning She's stunning. And then Barack, every time he, um, I say Barack, like we're buddies, but (laughs) President Obama, as he's like strutting with her almost, you know, I mean, and and you got to think about it, like, and it it finally clicked with me. And then I realized my children watching it, my oldest asked, she was like, oh, look at them like hugging each other. And it was when the Biden grandchildren came Mm -hmm. in, all 8,000 of them. the Biden grandchildren came in and immediately like ran over to Michelle Obama and were hugging her. And, and I almost forgot, like my daughter doesn't quite recall due to her age that Biden was in office with Obama. 
like was right. and so <laughs> she was like look at them all hugging and I was like well yeah I was like they've known each other for a long time you know she was there with That's their awesome Michelle. yeah <laughs> they, they were super little when she when yeah. they were there and she you know and my daughter was like what and I was like when Biden was his VP and she was like oh you know yeah. and so it truly is like friends and family cycling in now right like they're kind yeah. of now stepping up to the plate so <laughs> I just loved seeing all of that and I'm so glad that the news and stuff show it and put such a focus on it instead of just like turning it on right when they start the ceremony and it was just um it was really cool so yeah. we said Michelle was a gem we saw her outfit it was phenomenal this this beautiful almost magenta colored everything and yet if I was to wear that I would look like you know a plum like just (laughs) walking around but she just had these amazing wide leg pants with this belt fit shirt and then a matching like long coat on top of it and it was it was gorgeous. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I legs for days. I was, that was, I mean, I'm a short, I'm a really short girl. And I was like, Same. I don't know if I could pull that out. I would try, but I don't have the long legs that I think it takes to actually pull that off. You have to, you have yeah. to have those legs and she just looked wonderful. Looked and great. her hair was beautiful, but it was classy. It yeah. was simple. In the sense that, you know, I mean, it literally was solid clothing everywhere, right? Um, and the mask didn't take away from it. You almost forgot that it, it, masks were just becoming such a part of your outfit that you don't even think, you yeah. know, it's, yeah, yeah it's. I, I loved it. And then, um, so Kamala Harris, new VP, um, mm-hmm. comes out in purple, which yeah. is bright and refreshing and looked pretty. And she just was grinning from ear to ear all day long. And I loved seeing that. I love seeing the excitement, the, the pride I felt like, you know, I mean, yeah. I felt like she just was, she was just ready to go. She's ready. Um, and, you know, I've learned a lot. Like, obviously I, that's what I do in the evenings. When I get curious about something I'm watching on TV, I start Googling things and start looking up yeah. stuff online. You know, I learned a lot about her and her husband, Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, Doug Emhoff is his name. Yeah. So Doug has two, he's the, what do they call him? The second gentleman now. The second right? gentleman, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I saw a really neat quote that he put on Twitter or somewhere that he was on saying that, you know, he loves the fact that he's the first second gentleman to be in office. And, you know, as a part of this, he left his law firm, to come and do this full time, be there with his wife. And he said, you know, I've got a great group of women that have come before me that mm-hmm. have used the, this as their platform to do things. And I can't wait to like follow in their footsteps with this. And I was yeah. like, hell yeah, you know, you're following in these great women's footsteps. I loved hearing that, but it made yeah. sense. Like, why should he do anything different? You know, he's, he's in the same role, right? He's just, right. Male. um, but he's got two kids from a previous mm-hmm. marriage. Did you know that his ex-wife was there with them? I did. Yes. How amazing is it? That Very. That was nice. Is is like friends, not just 
acquaintance and, you know, cordial, but friends with Kamala Harris. And she was excited. I mean, she said, you know, it was so great seeing that and seeing my kids walk down there. I was just proud and yeah. could have been more excited for them. And, you know, I, yeah, read was- a, I read an article that she was interviewed in. Uh, it was an article where they were interviewing Kamala Harris in Vogue um, like mm-hmm. a year ago. But they also interviewed um, uh, Doug's ex- previous wife. And, you know, because Kamala Harris had made all these comments about how they were friends and then um they interviewed her and she was like yeah you know she said I know that you know when I heard that he was dating her I was like god don't let him mess this up you know (laughs) and she's like and it's been a breath of fresh air it was what our family needed and you know she's like yeah my kids call her mama too because like that's I'm mom and she's mama. And it's because like we each play a different role, but we've got a very modern family, a very cool family. And she's like, and I'm glad to be a part of it. You know, it's just in a different role. And so I love that. Um, Again, what a fantastic set of like role models, right. To have up there. Yeah. So that thought that was really cool and seeing her kids up there with her and stuff and um, just very neat. Then, like I said, that was them on one side, and then the rest of the side was taken up by all the Bidens. So they're this is going to be for the Bidens, and then this is for everybody else. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was just it was it was great. Um, Dr. Jill Biden, new first lady, coming mm-hmm. in again. Dr. Jill Biden, um, yeah, first ever first lady to continue her day job. You know, she's a professor at a community college and she's going to keep doing it. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yep. She's going to keep her job. She's continuing to teach. That is her passion. That's how she, um, you know, they basically said she's worked so hard for this and like, she had no intention of giving it up right now. So, um, I think that's awesome. How cool would that be for that school? Like to go and be like, oh, I've got, you know, Dr. Biden today at eight o'clock or whatever. I love it. I mean, you can't sneak in late to her class. Secret service is going to be like, no, (laughs) I'm sorry. Secret service. You're You're not getting it. Patting you down before you walk into class. You're like, I just, I just, no. Okay. Never slept. Like Dr. Jill, I'm out here. I'm going to log on. Okay. So yeah, so I I love that. I think she's I think that's great that she's gonna continue to teach. It's very cool and could set sort of a new precedent of how things are done. You know, she doesn't have she's got grown children now. So I mean they're off doing their thing. Like yeah, she's not got children in the White House, if you will. Um Yeah. yeah, she'll have other roles, but she's a professor. So I mean she's not got a nine to five. Right. So yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, I, I, I just, I, her outfit, that's what it was. Her outfit had, um, more of like a teal look to it. Um, yeah. coordinating coat. And then she had some fantastic outfits throughout the inauguration because mm-hmm. they didn't change for all their virtual balls that they had, right. um, which was funny, but you know, is what it is. It's that time of 
COVID. So, um, but one of her dresses stood out to me and I'm not sure if you saw it, but the white dress that had the flowers embroidered on it. Was that the one that she had on last? The, yep. the, okay. Yeah. Yes. So that one, and it had like a sheer top, long sleeve, but it was a short white dress. Mm-hmm. And if you look closely, there were flowers embroidered along the um, sheer top and then at okay. the bottom of the dress as well. <clears throat> and she um, had that dress made and the flowers are the state flower from all the 50 states. Oh, that's very cool. I didn't know that. But the state flower of Delaware was embroidered over her heart. Oh, that's so sweet. <clears throat> so I thought that was super cool. Like she's, yeah. she's a smart lady and that comes with another interesting family dynamic, right? Yeah. Um, this is her second marriage. It is Joe Biden's second marriage, um, you know, sadly due to his wife and young daughter being killed in a car accident mm-hmm. um, back when all of his children were young. And you know, <gasps> He's been through a lot. Joe Biden has. And mm-hmm. I I personally feel like it leads it lends to his personality and what we see a lot of him. Um almost very compassionate, very I feel he comes across pretty calm a lot of times. Yeah. And I think that's probably because he's had to deal with a lot of stuff. Not that other people in this world obviously have been through right. stuff, but in his situation, um, you know, maybe it's been a benefit, but to hear their story, you know, they went on a blind date. Um, the, the two boys, Hunter and Bo, um, basically after they had dated for a while came and told Joe Biden, like, I think it's time you ask her to get married. And, you know, and it was them that said it and yeah. stuff, which, you know, uh, uh, Jill Biden made it very clear that that was very important to her was, was the children in that relationship and that they've, you know, they recognize um, Naomi or, his, or that was his daughter. Naomi was his daughter. And then his first wife, they talked about how she still plays a role in their life. Um, you know, Jill told this article that, Joe Biden made the comment several times that his wife sent Jill to him after her death, you know, again, very modern family of things. And I like having that in the roles in the white house for my children to see. Yeah. So yeah, it was a big day. Um, But I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about one of the biggest parts of the day, which did not involve outfits or uh, people being put into office. And that was Amanda Gorman, Mm. the inaugural poet that spoke um, as they always have at inauguration. Um, They've had Maya Angelou, Robert Frost, um, and now Amanda Gorman, she's 22 years old and she wrote a poem and was one of the most eloquently spoken people I've ever seen, ever. And the poem was amazing, and she was amazing. And I think if she is any indication of what the future is of our children who are in that age range, then I think we're going to be just fine. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, one of my uh, Facebook friends and guy I know back from home, he was like, she has more poetry in her hands than I have running throughout my body. I was yeah. like, absolutely. No kidding. And it's I like the illustration she was doing with her hands. And it was, when I heard she was 22, I was like, I probably heard that wrong. Yeah. And then it kept saying it. I was like, oh my. Yeah. Like, there's no way she's 22. Me, when I was 22, that was not even on my radar. No. <laughs> something like that. You do not want me at 22 anywhere near the Capitol, no. right? Like they would have, no, <laughs> I was not, I was not at that point at all in my life. No. Um, she was amazing. And I watched an interview with her on one of the morning shows. I can't remember what it was like the day after or something. Uh-huh. And they said, well, what a lot of people don't realize is that she had a deeper connection with Joe Biden in the fact that. Well, first of all, she got brought on because Jill Biden had seen her um, do a poetry reading somewhere. And she basically requested her to be the speaker um, or the poet. But Joe Biden, as a lot of people know, um, has been very vocal about his speech impediment when he was younger. He had a stutter and um, worked really hard to overcome that. Well, turns out Amanda Gorman had a speech impediment as well up until about two years ago, and she could not properly say her R's. And so she made a point. She said in the poem, she talked about rise up, rise up, rise up. Uh And she said that had she read this poem three years ago, you wouldn't have been able to understand that. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like. That's, I mean, wow. that's just so crazy. Yeah. So she's yeah. worked really hard at it. She's gone through all sorts of, you know, uh, I think she even said like stress therapy and stuff to get through like some obstacles and all, but it was, that's just crazy to me. I mean, you would never think that, but it was beautiful. It was, beautiful. it was beautiful. She looked beautiful. She was so poised. And I'm just thinking like at 20, even at 22, you know, she, I don't know her stories. So I don't know how many crowds she's, she's, spoken in front of but even still like that's part of my job and I still get like jittery and I'm sure she was but the fact that she was so poised and it just came across as another day another poem that I'm reading right the president (laughs) you know it's like here we are I I gotta go Starbucks before I go do the reading or whatever I mean she uh she said that I think Michelle Obama maybe or Hillary Clinton, one of one of these first ladies, I believe, um, spoke with her afterwards and said, "I'm going to need you to be on the ballot in 2036." <laughs> and, wow! And um, so this morning show, they asked her. They were like, "So, what do you think of that? Would you be interested?" And she was like, "Hell yeah!" And I was like, "There you go. Like, what? <laughs> okay, you know, again, yeah, she's 22. She's right in the heart of understanding all this." And seeing a, you know, a female VP, she's seeing uh, Barack Obama be the president. It's, you know, she's she's got that now. Like she, yeah. whether she goes through with it or not, who knows? But still, it's just like, yeah, sure. That's what I know. I can do it. Fine by yeah. I love that. Big positive step in our country, no matter what the politics stand for. Is yeah. that there was a lot of first, a lot of big, big things to come out of this inauguration and a lot of fantastic outfits. Yes. Yes. So, Everyone looks great. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that it was weird because of COVID. I know that, you know, I hope there's no like, oh, we got cheated because we didn't get the full like inauguration experience because he didn't have the big balls and all that stuff of to go dance in front of everybody and whatnot. Like, that's fine. But, um, you know, he's got plans for COVID. He's got plans yeah. to kick his ass out of here. So hopefully yeah. we're, we're on the mend with that. And to move on and speak to that, um, have you heard that the Miami Heat, the NBA team, will be using COVID dogs to detect COVID in attendance at the games? No. Did you even know that? I didn't even know that was a thing. Exactly. I didn't either. And then I see this article and I'm like, wait, what? So, yeah, they apparently have dogs that since like October, um, I think it's like the CDC and the FBI and stuff have been working together to train these dogs to be COVID sniffers. And they're going to, that's how they're going to screen people when they walk into the games. Okay. So what if you're going to a game and you have no clue <laughs> and you get sniffed by this dog, you're like, oh my God. Right. I've got to get a COVID test. <laughs> like, I mean, it says, okay, so I've got the article pulled up here. It says starting January 28th, when a limited number of fans will be allowed to attend home games at American Airlines Arena, all attendees will be screened by a trained COVID-19 detection dog. The dogs have been specifically trained to identify active virus, and all guests, regardless of whether they have received the vaccine or not, will undergo a screening before being allowed in the arena. I d- okay. It's, so it says that the dogs are able to sniff out the disease in the saliva of patients with COVID nineteen. So are these, dogs, dogs? <laughs> are these dogs gonna be looking in my mouth? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm gonna need more research on that. <laughs> it says that if the canine signals that an individual has COVID-19, both that person as well as any others that have traveled with them will be denied entrance. <sighs> huh. COVID dogs. Any guests that prefer not to be screened by the canine team will have other testing options, but that alternative process could take up to 45 minutes on site. So you gonna miss the first half if you don't. But want you don't to have to buy a dog. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh my geez. I just, I just didn't even know <laughs> this was a thing, and I'm like kind of confused, like, and I'm torn. I'm, I'm torn because, like, one, if it's a dog that's trained to do this, like, why are there not more of these out there? And two, like, why is it, I don't know. It just seems, seems really bizarre to me. Like, is it, how effective is this? Right. I can see something coming out of this, whether it's being 
the Miami Heat being sued for a refund or something because the dog sniffs you out, you go get a COVID test, you're negative, and you're like, now I missed the game, but I spent $100 on this ticket. Right. And I can't see the game. I just feel like maybe there's other alternatives. I don't know. And and do we really think that a sporting event is the place to test drive this? Right. And was there a doctor who said, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's foolproof. You should like, <laughs> you should definitely do that. 100% dogs can tell if you're sick or not. Should like, have probably been doing this all along. <laughs> right. Where's Fauci's opinion on this? Because I right. need to know if there's any proof with the CDC or Fauci, honestly. Look, I need Dr. Fauci to have one of those. Remember those dear Abby things in the paper? Yes. <laughs> I need Dr. Fauci to have like a dear Fauci section. I so I feel like, dear Dr. Fauci, I'm going to Miami Heat game and I'm going to be sniffed by a dog. Is this real or no? Should I be concerned <laughs> if the dog sniffs me out? Do I let the I, dog smell my saliva? Do I let the dog lick and smell my saliva? Do I spit in my hand? <laughs> what do I do? I'm not sure how this process works. Can you explain if I'm wasting my time or not? Right. Do I buy the ticket? Is my question. <laughs> Is it worth it? And or do I watch it from home and take my chances on being exactly, COVID-19? exactly with my own pet who's already licking me in the mouth? <laughs> And is my dog properly prepared? <laughs> if I how do I know if my dog is trained to test out COVID or not? Is are there signs that my dog will exhibit if he tells me I have COVID? I've got a fairly new puppy, and I kind of think since he was a pandemic puppy, maybe there's something special. With he might him. have this COVID superpower. He might, right? So, I mean. We've been masked around him like the whole time. You know, he's used to seeing that and stuff. So, I mean, it's, yeah. I think he's pretty smart. Maybe, maybe he's trying to tell me something. Maybe he only like plays with us because he's like, y'all are clean. Y'all are good. When he stops <laughs> playing, you worry. <laughs> We're not going near that one today. I'll play with you three. You, I'm good. Did you, uh, pick my, did you put my food in my put my thing? I'm not hungry. That's right. <laughs> I don't get it. I've just really, I w- I had to read the article like three times. The headline was just like, what? I don't. I, I, have, sure. I have no, I have not heard of this. I've heard of yeah. getting your temperature taken. I have not heard of dogs sniffing your saliva. Well, and I'm what I was, do you think it's more efficient? Like really, couldn't you just scan their temperature, you know, or show your vaccine card? This is going to be one of those, you have to get to the game two hours early because the line's going to be backed up because you're being snipped. Like, what if the dog doesn't get a hit right away? (laughs) You're like, can you step to the side? (laughs) We're going to snip you again. And I don't know what your high school was like, but I saw a drug dog come in our high school one time and sniff lockers. Have you ever seen one of those dogs whenever they actually find Not live. I've seen them. I mean, I've seen them on TV. Yeah. Right. Maybe. (laughs) I don't the grassy. (laughs) I, I clearly had a different high school experience than you did, but I saw a drug dog, like, get get the sniff, right? And, uh-huh. I mean, that thing, like, goes crazy on it, like, scratching at the locker and, like, barking and all that stuff. I'm sorry, but if I had, like, a Sudafed that morning and before the game and they sniffed me out for something, I mean, I don't want to see what that dog does if it's, like, COVID, COVID, COVID. Well, 
that's a good point. Like, what is the sign? Do they bark? Like, yeah. Two barks, <laughs> yes, COVID. One bark, no. And like, when they tell you you have, the dog tells you you have COVID, does everybody else in line be like, see ya. <laughs> I'm not, I, I've got to go. I probably have it now too. <laughs> I just won't just go. Cause we've been sitting in this line for two hours. Master not. If the we've dog, all got it at this point. If the dog can tell by saliva, can the dog transmit COVID itself? Damn it, Fauci. Where are you? We need Dr. Fauci's opinion on this. If this is just something that somebody in Miami had a dog and they thought the dog told him he had COVID. (laughs) So Miami, he were like, you know what? That's what we're going to do. Like those people that see Michael Jackson in their toast, their breakfast toast. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We've got COVID dogs down here. (laughs) We're good. Like, if nobody else is doing this, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, maybe it's not effective. I really, really want either A, somebody from the Miami Heat to reach out to us and explain this to us, B, Dr. Fauci to validate it, or C, someone just that's a Heat fan that's thinking about going to a game. Give me a recap of what happens. Like, this thing's starting next week. Like, it's happening. Like, this is not just like, ooh, we might, we're thinking about (coughs) having it out. Like, no. It's happening starting January 28th. I mean, maybe we'll see it on TV in action. God, I hope so. Anyway, this that is, was I'm very excited about this now. <laughs> that was my big that was my big I might have to start a COVID dog farm <laughs> and lend out my COVID dogs. You know, I'm wondering like what's the training process? You know, because if my dog doesn't already have this superpower. <laughs> then I'm down for getting them trained. I mean, right? is it sort of like the whole um, emotional support dog training or something? Like, does he get a little jacket afterwards that says COVID dog? Or, COVID dog. So is, is Are these the new dogs we're going to have in the airports too? You know, we have. The- Are we allowed to take our COVID dog like into the grocery store? Ooh. So that he can sniff out even he can sniff out COVID for us. <laughs> you got COVID. Like, you got to get out. He's like, my dog, no. my dog said you have COVID. <laughs> like, don't grab that can of peas, mom. Like that. <laughs> Ring a bell when you found, yeah. found one. I got one. Aisle seven near the peas. COVID. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> that person that's the first one to bring a COVID dog into the grocery store. <laughs> like, God, I would be at the grocery store for like three hours being like, sniff it all out, dog. Everybody. Let's let's send some people home. Come on. Has some, smell this lettuce. Has somebody with COVID touched it? <laughs> so we're not taking it home with us. I'm all down for shaming people that are like, you know, not wearing the mask or whatever. So, I mean, it's like, if it takes my COVID dog to call you out at the grocery store, like by all means. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Maybe I'll have to spend as much time wiping down my groceries then, you know? Dog, I'll just let you know. That apple has COVID. (laughs) Throw that one away. That one's good. Oh, man. I'm very excited to see this in action. Let's go, Miami Heat.
come on heat like send us send us some info let's let's uh let's see how far we can go with this and you know will it be the next tsa screen checking point like we'll see all right so that kind of knocks out the new year's stuff um so i've as, as you know, you've heard for years now, I don't make resolutions. I also don't believe in January 1st being like the start of normal people's resolutions because I don't quite understand how you can just switch it like that whenever you're at a party celebrating and you're like, I'm not going to drink anymore, but like toast of champagne at midnight, like I don't get it. Right. So I always say that, you know, I feel like you should have February 1st. So your January is kind of your trim down month of like, I'm just going to fade it out. Right. But yeah. So February 1st is coming up for all of you out there that follow my instructions. <laughs> Clearly there's a lot of you, I'm sure. Um, um, but yeah, I don't really make resolutions because I just don't want to be disappointed if I break them and then it seems like I failed or something. So during the holidays though, I did start reading more. Um, I used to be a big reader many years ago, like, especially when my kids were like little, little because they'd go to bed super early and I could like sit up and read at night and it felt really good and whatever, but, um, I got away from it. So I wanted to get back into it. So I've been reading some, not like war and peace and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I'm not like reading high tech stuff, but, um, somebody told me that if you wanted to get into reading more or get back into reading, whatever it may be, they recommend that you start by reading contemporary novels um, instead of like a historical one or a biography or things or um, like a thrilling murder mystery of things. They talk about reading contemporary, whether it's like romance or maybe it's like a, a whodunit or whatever. But mm-hmm. when it's contemporary, they said that you mentally have a better shot of picturing it in your head Mm-hmm. while you read, which therefore keeps you more engaged, gets you through the book. You complete a book, you feel good about it. So you want to read another book. And then it's like training your brain to get a little bit stronger on reading. So, so basically what I'm saying is right now I'm reading trash and crap, you know, like <laughs> easy reads stuff yeah. that I find free on the internet. Um, so um, I did subscribe to this internet service called BookBub. B-O-O-K-B-U-B.com. And it is, uh, you go in, you tell them the type of books that you like, the type of topics that you like, and then they send you an email daily or weekly, whatever you choose. Um, I get it daily because in there, it will pull the books that are on sale online, whether it be Amazon or Apple Books or whatever you get your books from. And um it tells you if there's any free deals for the day. And so if there's a free one on there, I usually go and click it and go ahead and download it to my iPad. That way I just have it because then if I don't end up wanting to read it, I can just trash it. Right. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. It's the free book binge off of bookbub.com. That so sounds cool. That's my, my thing right now. I'm been trying to read my husband's kind of, you know, making fun of me a little bit for it. I had to pull back out my glasses because like my eyes were getting tired because I'm reading on an iPad now. Yeah. But yeah, but you I know, did over 40, read it. So what are you going to do? Everybody's going to have to have glasses over 40. Like that's just, I mean, I have them. Yeah. I have to read them. So yeah, I, I was part of a pandemic book club and um, we read a few books. So I read some and I 
bought a few books that I haven't read yet, but I do want to finish this year. Yeah. So I have about three on deck to read and it's just a matter of making the time to do sure. it. Um, what type of but, topic but I, do you like? Like what were you reading during pandemic book club? So, you know, every different people in the club would pick different books. And so we ended up reading a lot of, we read a couple books that were fiction, but based off of true stories. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, and they were more, Fiction, but based off of historical events, I guess is the best way sure. to describe them. So like there was there, we read the Underground Railroad, uh-huh. which is, it's not about the Underground Railroad. Um, it's a fictional story about it. Um, I won't spoil the story, but it's it's actually a pretty good read. And we yeah. read, um, we were the Lucky Ones, which is a, about a family, World War II, who escaped Nazi Germany. Um, it was written by the granddaughter of one of the survivors. So it's like from her family's perspective, but of course there's some fiction thrown into it. So it's not classified as a bibliography or anything that it's, it's classified as as fiction. It's not. And then the one that I haven't read um, is Vanishing Half, which I saw was on um, Barack Obama's books to read. Oh, Um, it's actually, yeah. So this book, and I haven't read it yet, but it's about, um, twins in the south and i think i don't remember the time frame it's either post early post-slavery or like right around that pre-civil rights era type um i haven't read it yet so i don't recall the time frame but it's about twins girls um black girls ones of a darker complexion ones of a lighter complexion to where she could what they would call pass back then at yeah. for for white um and so they both get adopted out and the one who could pass, I think it starts to pass for white, oh. but she's got this whole other side of her family. And so the vanishing half part of it is the twins. The one sister kind of leaving is the premise of the book. Again, I haven't read it, so I don't really know the details, sure. but so that's on my list. And then I have woman in the window and um, devil in a white city. So those three that I want to read. My mom is a, very avid reader. You, you know, yeah. my mom, and yeah. you know that she is a very avid reader. She still is, yes. you know, and so my mom's a big reader. My dad's a big crossword puzzle guy. And so I feel like that keeps their brain pretty <laughs> smart, right? Yeah. They keep yeah. Their, their brain pretty fresh. But, um, so my mom is of course thrilled to hear that I'm like reading again and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, mom, it's not like I never like read. It was just the content that I was reading. Right. You might not have approved what I was reading. <laughs> I totally Google stuff every day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, she, um, she was the one that got turned me on to BookBub. She does the same thing, mm-hmm. like downloads free books just to kind of have them to read through. But Devil in the White City is one of her favorite books ever and ever and ever. Um, She's the reason I'm reading it. She uh, actually um, told me about it and was like, you should read this. I think you would like it. So, well, and my husband um, used to be, uh, I mean, he, he likes reading, but he likes reading like that real intense stuff, you know, like historical uh, stories and stuff like that. But he got to where he would do audio books a lot. And which obviously he really, um, 
it was when he, he does a lot of public speaking and stuff with his job. And he truly believes that whenever he was listening to audiobooks pretty steady when he was traveling, that he never once would stumble over his words. And he really, really? put that, he really feels like it was part of the audiobook where he was listening and processing something and he was hearing how people were storytelling and whatnot. So funny side note, yeah. there was a guy. So there was a, several books that he really liked. And so he actually reaches out to the author because at the end of the book, it would say something like, you know, for more on my books, like visit my website. Right. And he did. And he wrote the author a question one time. And I was just like, who are you? Right. So he writes this question. The guy ends up writing him back and they have like a dialogue go back and forth for a couple emails, which he thought was just super cool. And then he comes to find out that the guy that was reading the story for the audiobook. It's a really twisty road here. He loved his voice and the way that he did the book so much that my husband starts looking up more books that he read, right? Uh-huh. He didn't write the books. He just read them, right? So he just likes his voice so much. Well, come to find out the guy that does the readings is the man that plays the um, the sideshow swindler in the original Pete's Dragon. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I don't Back think I have. Pete's Dragon, the movie. Yeah. Back in the day, the Disney one. There's okay. like a really extravagant character that's like the the bad guy in the movie. And we used to watch it with my kids all the time when I was little because it was one of my favorite movies. And um, and it's him that does it. So then now my husband like purely bases his audiobooks of whether or not this guy did the reading of them <laughs> what the book's about it's more that this guy how he reads it so anyway so that's kind of I don't want to say it's a resolution I just want to say it's kind of more of my thing now I'm just trying to get back into it I'd eventually yeah. like to get into one of these kind of virtual book clubs that people have some of celebrities have even um yeah uh, Reese Witherspoon does it and Oprah, of course, and that type of stuff. But I'm trying to work my way into it. I feel like that's a little more serious than I'm at at this point, but I'm going to. We did some Reese book club. I, we, actually, one of the books we read off, off of hers, I think, was Untamed, which is, um, it's not really, it's, I, I don't know what to call that book. I, I'm halfway through. It wasn't horrible. It's just one of those that kind of like, it's a collection of things that are happening to this one. It's by Glennon Doyle. Okay. So it's written about her life essentially. Um and it's funny. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like a story per se. It's more of snippets of her life and her telling the story about them but we- weaving yeah. them all together into this narrative, this longer this book. Yeah. So it's interesting but it's not one of those things where you're like oh my gosh, I got to keep reading. It's a page. It's not a page turner. You know, it's just kind yeah. of a, a a good read if you like to laugh and have some interesting perspective into someone's life. Um, Glennon Doyle apparently came out of a very Christian background, very conservative background. And like through the course of the story, like I knew I had heard her name and I couldn't place it, but she kept talking at the beginning of the book. She starts talking about Abby and how she's in love with Abby um, and how they, you know, and, and just a story of them being at the zoo and stuff with their kids and what they were doing and then later on in the book, you find out that it's Abby Wambach, the soccer player. Oh, wow. 
This is Abby Wambach's wife. What? Like in real life? Yeah, in real life. <laughs> like, and so you get to hear, like she tells about the oh, wow. first time she ever saw her and it still didn't click to me. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, and then she starts saying these different things and then slowly you start putting the puzzle pieces of the puzzle oh. together. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like yeah. that's exactly who you are. So it's interesting from that perspective of how she, and she's had some other things in her life. Like she's a, a recovering alcoholic and she's been, she was married previously, has children. Um, it, it, so it's interesting parts about her life that she's huh. telling that are very serious, but she's telling them in a, in a very comical yeah. matter of fact way. So yeah. that was on Reese's book club. Um, and, and it's pretty good if you like that type of, yeah. that type of story. Well, I need a book club that's got sort of like accountability with it. Yeah. Like I, want um, interaction. Yeah. I want interaction. I want some follow-up, different things, not just like a, hey, here's a list. And like, then yeah. you can hear what I think about it. So if anybody out there listening has a good book club <coughs> suggestion of like an interactive one where maybe people actually, there's a podcast or maybe there's a a YouTube or something like that where you can follow up on things like, I'm kind of down for that. I might consider it. So. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm getting there. I'm working it in. You know, I'm like, uh, one thing <laughs> I'm not letting it do is cut into my TV time. So <laughs> why would you? <laughs> let's, let's just be, let's be real. Yeah. Let's just, so just, we just, that's on the side when, when nothing's on. I have a very serious question regarding okay. television watching. Have you watched Bridgerton? No, I keep hearing about it. I need to. Have you? I did. I did. So, you know. Is it right up my alley? Everybody's talking about it, right? Everybody's talking. It's like the Tiger King. I'm going to watch it because everybody tells me that I should watch it. So the reason I bounce off this is because it is a book series. Oh. Yeah. Apparently there's like nine books or something to it. I don't know. There's a lot of Bridgerton books. Okay. I did not know this before watching it, right? Full disclosure, do not watch this with like anyone else in the room. Okay. Kids, I can I don't even think I could watch it with my husband in the room. Like it's it is and I if if you don't want to know why, then go ahead and turn off the podcast now. Thank you for listening. But I'm not going to give away the storyline or anything, but I'm going to tell you why this might be something you don't want anyone else to see your reaction to when you're watching it, right? So I watch it because I'm thinking like, oh, I really enjoyed Queen's Gambit, which was very colorful and his, you know, a period piece basically of, of a time period that I really wanted to see about. Cool. I really love Downton Abbey. So I'm going to watch this, which seems to be around that same era. The people in this series are very pretty. Makes it very easy to watch them. Mm -hmm. I know this is not a popular opinion, but I don't think they're good actors. (laughs) Okay. I did not think they were like like award-winning portrayals of anything. Now, it's lighthearted. It's kind of silly here and there. Um, it's it's cute. 
the costumes, the colors are bright and everything. It's very exaggerated. This is clearly not based off anything. The queen of wherever it is they live is a black woman, which we clearly know was not the case at any point. This is not historically accurate in any way. However, what they do is the reason it's so uncomfortable and it's even uncomfortable for me to talk about. So it's all about the coming out of um, like being accepted into society as being ready to get married, right? The dating scene, if you will, right? Courting. You have to be approved by the queen to, to come out for courting season. And then you accept gentlemen callers to come to your house and basically propose to you. Okay. And so the thing is like, it's when some of the sexual tension occurs, there is a whole storyline about the fact that the, these women don't realize what it means and how to get pregnant. So, so they, they like talk about it. I, I'm very uncomfortable even talking to you about this right now. Like there's a, I see it. Okay. I, I have children. Okay. I see in the, in the, show like what's happening every time that somebody is intimate with another person and the gentleman grabs a tissue and like turns away before the climax if you will I see what's happening okay right but the woman in the bed does not because she thinks, well, this is what you do when you get married and now I'm going to be pregnant and have a baby. But the man knows what he's doing. Right. And they talk a lot about it. This is, this is, this is what this show's about. (laughs) And then they're so hot and heavy for each other because of, Um, the fact that, you know, they've, so the men have this thing where the men can be as loose as they want to because they're men and they go off and they, they go to gentlemen's clubs and blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is, you know, this is, this is courting days. Like this is way back in the day. Right. So they're going off and doing whatever women have like never so much as held somebody's hand before they get engaged. Right. And And so the men understand things, the women don't. And, and, and so whenever they actually do get married, um, it's like the, the sexual tension is so uh, heightened that they are showing a lot of it happening all over the palace and stuff. And then they, you know, they think she thinks she's going to have a baby, but yet, he's doing this thing that is not allowing them to get pregnant. And it's just not what I expected. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> if you if, if the people at home can see me right now and how much I'm talking with my hands, that indicates how nervous I am right now talking about it. Like it's, I just I I get it. Like people thought it was cute because of the colors and the 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 sexual tension in it. Like the guys are all good looking, the girls are all pretty. Like it's just this is, it's this uh, that's going to be great, right? But like I said. I don't think they're good actors. I don't understand why this was a storyline. <laughs> now there's apparently going to be like eight more seasons of it. Oh, okay. Well, I better start watching, I guess. Maybe. I'm, I'm Again, as I always say in every show, I'm going to need you to watch this. Okay. I went to go get my hair cut the other day. And I like sit down in the chair and the woman was that cuts my hair, who's been cutting it for like a year now, but she sits down. She was like, have you watched Bridgerton? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I did. And she was like, oh, my gosh. She was like, I had to sit in front of my TV with like the remote in my hand and the finger on the pause button in case somebody walked in. She's like, because I didn't want my boyfriend to see me watching it or hear what I was going on. And, you know, I just I didn't couldn't do it and, all, and I was like I know like <laughs> it was crazy it's just really I don't know I don't I don't quite get the whole like everybody being like oh my god you've got to watch this like meh. it's a it's a time suck it's kind of a, a mind release you don't have to think much watching it okay that's that's it's good for that reason. I'll give it a go yeah it's good for that reason but if you're looking for some some riveting performances, then it. do not do not hit play. <laughs> yeah, please don't get your hopes up for that. So, uh, so yeah. So I mean, I figured we had to say something about it because everybody else has been talking about it. So whatever, go watch Bridgerton and then report back. I don't know. I'm. I would love to hear other people's opinions on it. That's that. Um, I've clearly been watching all the Real Housewives, um, that are kind of wrapping up right now. So I was thinking maybe like next month, we can kind of do a little recap on some of those seasons because they'll all be done then and we'll have gone yes. through the reunions. Yes. Um, so, um, I watch OC Dallas and Salt Lake City. That's what I've been watching. Okay. Um, and then of course, right now in actual real time, we are in the middle of, we last night was the season finale of Southern Charm. So have you watched any of Southern Charm this season at all? Yes, I have. I need to know your thoughts on John Pringle. Um, so I go back and forth on him. Yeah. He seems very mature. Some aspects, I guess, when he's around his kids. Mm -hmm. um, and then very immature other times when he gets around the guys. Right. But I'm also kind of shipping Madison Pringle. I know. I kind of like their dynamic with each other when they're with their kids. Agreed. Like, like at the batting When case. I see her with Pringle, I'm convinced Austin is never going to be the one. Yes. And it probably never was the one for right. her. Um, not not that Austin is bad with the kid, but Austin, to me, when I saw him with her son, was very much like, 
this is my mom's friend who's helping me out with my homework, you know, kind of thing. Right. Um, I feel like when I saw the interaction with Pringle, it was kind of like, yeah, it was natural because it was natural doing. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like Austin one day will probably be a very good dad. You know, sure. He seems like a pretty good guy for the most part. Like, I think he could, with the right person, be a really good dad. But I don't see him being the best role right now for a stepdad. No, 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 no. Um, Just at this point in his life, right? Um, I am glad you said that about John Pringle, because I feel the same way. I'm very torn on him. Like, one time I'll be watching him be like, wow, like... Yeah, I get it. Like, I get why yeah. ladies like him, and he's very kind of just cool and easygoing, and he's he's southern. He's a gentleman of this sort or whatnot. But then on the other hand, then I see him with like other people, and I'm like, God, this guy's kind of annoying. Like, he's a little goofy. Yeah. Almost, I don't know. I just don't. I. It's a little hot and cold for me right now. Yeah, I can tell you what's not hot and cold for me is my opinion on Danny Baird, old Danny. Like has to be my least favorite um, person on reality TV to date. There, I said it. I'm just gonna say I miss Cameron. <laughs> I miss Cameron a lot. I need Cameron to come back because I feel like she's really missing from this show, and half like of this season wouldn't have gone down had she been in there. Yeah, she would have nipped it all the bud right away. She would have made Catherine talk to the girls. Yep. The girls talked to Catherine. And yep. episode three, it would have been over. It wouldn't yep. have gone. <laughs> a whole season. A whole season. The whole I mean, season. I get, what, I get what Catherine did. I don't think it needed to be the narrative the whole season. Agreed. I think it was pretty much beaten to death. Like it was just yeah. not necessary for the whole season. And, you know, I'm kind of the same way about Leva. Like, I'm glad she's on the show because she brings a different perspective to it. She's this businesswoman, has these restaurants, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, okay, we get it. Like, we get it. You're you're a different race than Catherine is. You're married to a man that's a different race than Catherine is. Like, I mean, we we get it. You have browbeaten that woman down. And, well, I, and the fact that they're browbeating her down, Catherine is not like the epitome of class. I'm not, I mean, not even class. That's a bad word. I, I don't, I don't mean to say that. She's not someone who I would think would know better than to make some idiotic mistake. Exactly. They're holding her to a higher standard Absolutely. than she holds herself. They, like they keep back. Catherine did this. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, they kept saying like, well, you should have done this and you should have done this. And Catherine's like, I didn't know. And I'm like, guys, there's your answer. Like, she's just not getting. I think she did know. I think Catherine plays. I'm glad the victim thing came out. I do think, I I, I do feel a little bit like the guys protect Catherine. They do. A little more than they should. I mean, she's a grown woman. She has children. Yeah. Like, yeah. For her to run and cry to the guys when you, that, to me, that's just when you have close girl friendships, you don't run to the guys for your protection. Right. And for your, oh, woe is me. You know, the girls are being mean to me. The girls are bullying me because the girls who you're having the problem with are going to see that as, why don't you just talk to us as your friends and work that out? Yeah. Like, 
we get there, your friends. This right. is a girlfriend problem. This isn't a, a guy friend problem. This is a girlfriend problem. We're the ones with the issue. Yeah. We're the ones who were offended. Let's work it out. Like, to me, had she just come out in, in the beginning and said, whether she believed it or not, I was wrong. It was stupid. I made a, a bad decision in the heat of the moment. I offended you. And for that, I apologize. Right. I, it wasn't my intention. I yeah. knew what I was doing and I knew what I did after I, I was wrong. And I immediately regretted it the moment right. I did it. I know it's going to be hard to move forward for you to forgive me, but I'm willing to do the work and put it in to let you know that that is not the person I, I wouldn't even say that's that she, I think the better narrative from her would have been, that's not the person I want to be. Right. Then that's not the person that I am because obviously it is the person that you are. If you did because it, you did it because you did it. So just say, that's not the person I want to be. Yeah. I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to learn. I am deeply sorry that I've hurt you and I've offended you. It was never my intention to do that. It was my intention to hurt her feelings. And I went about it the wrong way because I was in the heat of the moment protecting someone. Had that been the conversation done episode one. Agreed. But that's where you were saying, and I completely agree with you is like, they wanted that from Catherine. Like, I think, I think they wanted that because they realized that they would have stepped off a little bit. Right. Like, I don't think she could repair the stuff with Gwen's, you know, because Gwen's, that was a business side of things or whatever, but her friendship with Madison or her friendship with um, Leva, whatever it may be, could have been kind of, at least the, the anger could have just kind of subsided for a little bit. Right. But Mm -hmm. They wanted that from Catherine when I firmly believe Catherine does not think like that. She does not. She doesn't process things like that. She does. She never has, you know, I mean, she never has when she's, she is, is very immature. She's very um, blind to a lot of things. I feel like, I feel like she's very, I'm not saying she's not smart. I don't know her education level, but I'm saying like, her mental uh, capabilities have never shown, at least, she's never portrayed them to be someone that acts that way. So like you said in the very beginning, please don't expect that from Catherine because you're not going to get it. So you're going to have to approach this a different way. But unfortunately, you guys have like, and I know Pringle like kept saying like, y'all were bullying her, you're bullying her. I don't know that they were bullying her, but they, no. they definitely weren't handling Catherine the right way. You know, if they were choosing to stick around with Catherine. Now, to me, I kind of sit there and watch them all the time and go, man, if you guys had not signed Bravo contracts, I bet you guys, w- you know, you wouldn't be sitting there. They wouldn't, be hanging, around. No, they wouldn't be hanging around Catherine. That's right. So keep that in mind, you know, like yeah. <laughs> keep that in mind. You know what? Like snubber if you wanted to or whatever but my god every single time that y'all get together it's got to be this like fight just yeah oh and I agree with you about the whole Danny thing like Danny's whole thing was why didn't you call me why'd you call Leva and I'm like this is not the argument we need to be having like Danny crying I get it you're crying about your friendship with Catherine there has been a pandemic you're mad that she didn't reach out to you and it's never reached out to Leva but it's like I kind of get why Catherine was confused because Danny's coming at her about like, she's like, okay, so you're not mad at me about what I did. Danny's like, well, no, I am, but I'm more upset about you not calling me. Why'd you reach out to love it? She's like, 
I reached out to Lava because she's the one I offended. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. she was trying yeah. to do the right thing, but then Danny was like, well, that's, that's been my whole problem with Danny is yeah. that like, that's why I have the biggest fault with her. I can't stand it. I feel like she's just trying to, trying to get in there to get some time. That's what she's yeah. wanting some screen time. She's wanting to get in there. She's always been the friend of the show, not an actual cast member. And, you know, Leva and Madison, like we said, like they had backing behind the tweet that Catherine had sent, right? Like that was offensive to them in different ways. Um, yeah. Leva because of her personal situation and then and then Madison because of Gwen's. Okay. Right. But I could not stand how they were crossing it with Danny on everything. Like they <laughs> right. didn't in any of it. Danny was because Danny was trying to still protect her with them. She was still standing up and they kept saying, Stop. Yeah. You can't protect her in this moment. Yeah. Like you so did you watch last night's or no? Yeah. Okay. I did. So Madison, um Austin OG Madison. OG <laughs> yeah. Madison, exactly. Cast member Madison. Like flips off Danny. Like she just flips out on her. And you know what? I'm glad she did it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I wouldn't have been able to not do the same thing. Like Danny's sitting down there and saying this stuff. And I'm pretty sure Danny's still bitter with Madison about the whole STD thing last year, whenever sure. you know, yeah. we're out on it. <laughs> yeah. But, but quite honestly, like Danny got called out, you know, and Madison was truthful about it. And I know it made Madison look kind of bad, but like, I don't know. I'm excited for the reunion. I'll tell you that because yeah. I read a snippet online that said um, the reports were that in the in the reunion at some point, Madison hands her phone to Andy Cohen and says, I've got receipts here in folders for every one of the cast members up here. So you're welcome to look through all of them. So it's Matt, like OG Madison. OG Madison says this. What? So it's like she's been keeping folders on everybody based on like text messages and everything else or pictures or whatever it is. I don't know. And she hands her phone to Andy Cohen and is like, go ahead, have at it. You know, so I don't know. I think Madison's just just the one that's going to stand up and be like, yeah, like, so what? Yeah, what do you what do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> Shep called me trash. So <laughs> I'll show you how trashy I am. Exactly. I'll show you exactly what y'all want to see. But no. Can I just say on a more lighthearted note how much I am enjoying Shep in his relationship? <laughs> he is hilarious. This, this season, Shep is the best Shep ever. Yes. I last hilarious. Season, last season, I was done with Shep. He was rude. He was obnoxious with the guys. He was obnoxious with the girls. Like, oh, I couldn't stand him. <laughs> This year, this year, Shep, Shep is, Shep is everything right now. Shep is showing up to classy or not even black tie events, but like dressy events in his swim shorts, matching with his girlfriend. And his girlfriend's like, wait, what's going on? You know? I mean, I didn't know. And they, and they laugh it off and they go in the water. So I don't know if you watch what, watch what happens with Andy Cohen, but I saw one with Shep when he basically admitted that um, the reason you see him and Taylor, his girlfriend 
like going kayaking, going in the swimming pool, going in the water on Capers Island, all that stuff is because they get to take their mics off when they go in the water. Yeah. That's the only time like on Bravo that you're allowed to take your mic off. That's smart. Makes sense. Is to go in the water. And so he's like, yeah, when things heat up, we go swimming, meaning (laughs) the other people. Because yeah. I can take yeah. my mic off and Taylor and I can sit in there and watch and like whisper to each other and be like, what's she going to say next? You know, that's hilarious. that would completely be me. Like I'm going with y'all. I'll be <laughs> <real>. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, I thought that was awesome. And yeah, so I do. I love Shep this year. Um, so the reunion's coming up. It's like a two-parter, I think. And so we will have to address that soon yeah. um, because I feel like there's going to be some stuff yeah hold and announced and come out and everything else so whatever um so yeah so real housewives and southern charm all wrapping up we're kind of on the hiatus of the regular like um uh premium or regular channels and their shows like Grey's anatomy and all that stuff you know they don't come back on till like march or something so um kind of on that low right there but that's all right bridgerton will We'll get you through it if you need some help. Um, but all I have left is a little bit of this or that. All right, let's do it. All right, ready? Ready. Gold or silver? Gold. Ah, silver. <laughs> Austin or Craig? Craig. Ooh, yeah. I, I'm this season. I'm Craig. Yeah. Yeah, this season I'm Craig. And a note out there for everyone, not that I'm encouraging you to listen to something else. However, Austin and Craig are coming out with a podcast in February, and it's called Pillows and Beer. Oh, geez. <laughs> so everybody <laughs> set your alarms to remind you to go subscribe to Pillows and Beer um, starting, I think, in February, um, which I think is just who knows what's going to happen there. All right. Disney or Nickelodeon? Disney. Same. Diamonds or pearls? Diamonds. If I gave you diamonds. <laughs> I, can't not think, I can't not sing Prince when you're doing that. Um, I'm diamonds as well. Shower or tub? Shower. Same. Kind of think a tub can be kind of gross sometimes. Like so much to clean. Anyway. Yeah. Um Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, or Captain Marvel? Ooh, hmm. Wonder Woman. Same. Have you seen the new 1984 one? No, that's on our list. Got to yes. watch it before it goes off. Yes. Sedan or SUV? SUV. Same. Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw? What is that? <laughs> Jeanette. What is that? Hufflepuff. A Ravenclaw? You know what that is? Shut up. Do you not watch Harry Potter? Have you never No, I've never read it. I've never seen it. Jeanette. I don't know what that is. I'll can, if I say Ravenclaw, does that make sense? No. <laughs> I just like the way it sounds better. Okay. Wrong answer. Hufflepuff oh. should be your answer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jeanette, I had no idea. Mm-mm. Nothing. You've never read a book Nothing. or watched a movie. Never read one. Or watched a movie. Nothing. As your kid? No. Well, I think she might have read. You know, I think I bought her a Harry Potter book. So, yeah, she probably did. Oh, my gosh. 
I don't even know if I can continue. I'm a little far away. <laughs> I can stop this. <laughs> I'm done with this podcast. All right. Manny or Petty? Petty. Same. Andy or Anderson? Ooh, Anderson. Ooh, see, I'm Andy. <laughs> okay. Liquor or beer? Liquor. Same. Cookies or brownies? It is Girl Scout season. It is. Yeah. I'm going to go with brownies. You know, me too. I like, I like, I do love a Girl Scout cookie though. I do too. If anybody out there has got a Girl Scout's looking to sell some cookies, just let me know. Hit me up. <laughs> now with COVID, they're doing all this like digital cookie sales and stuff and they'll ship them straight to you. No, oh, that's better. Did you know that East Coast cookies are different than the West Coast cookies? I did. And Midwest they, cookies are also different than South than um, South cookies. The what is? Um, cookies Ohio are different than the ones you can get in North Carolina. Yeah, because they come from different bakeries. Yeah, I didn't know that until last year because yeah, I didn't um, know it one of I my friends was like. Well, she, she was like, can we get, she goes, I love these um, cookies, but I can't find them down here. But we found them when we lived in, or when we went to Ohio um, to see my husband's family. And so I just asked my sister, I was like, do you know if anybody around you has these? I forget what they were. Some type of lemon cookie. Yeah. She's like, yeah, they've got them. And so she like ships some cookies down here for me to give to my friend because they don't sell them in North Carolina. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Like the, the names are different and everything. It's weird. Yeah. So, very weird. Anyway, I do love a brownie though. So whatever. Um, all right. Early riser or night owl? Night owl. Same. I feel like you get stuff done then, right? Oh, yeah. I get stuff done. Everybody's asleep and it's just you. It's my favorite bit, time. A little bit of me time. I You can't have me time in the morning. Because people are going to get up. <laughs> and they start stirring, right? You're like, every time you hear someone stir, you're like, oh my God. I know. I know. So, okay. Well, that's all I got. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a good start to our new year. I feel like this was a successful start. We talked some very smart things. I felt like we were very smart this, this episode, minus the whole Bridgerton thing. <laughs> It was okay. I'll just have to watch it and then I'll be like, um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to need some feedback on this because it's not like I can ask my husband about it. It's really awkward. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, like I said, whatever you do, do not watch it with your kid anywhere nearby, but, (laughs) um, otherwise, yeah, that's, that's all I got. So I hope that everyone listening has had a fantastic new year and we can't wait to spend 2021 with you and please keep listening, subscribe, share, follow, whatever you want to do. Um, but as long as you keep joining us on chick chat, we appreciate it. You can find us all on the mesh.tv that's www.themesh.tv along with all the other mesh podcasts is shows. There's something for everybody. Um, and Jeanette, we're on Instagram. I see you on there every once in a while. I'm I'm there. I'm getting better. You're sneaking in. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I don't really post anything much of um, substance. It's more just lighthearted. If you want to laugh at something, go look at some things. But um, 
We will keep that going so you can reach out to us there. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, don't forget to shoot us a line at info at themesh.tv. All right, Jeanette, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, it's been fun. Absolutely. Can't wait to hear what you guys think about uh, Bridgerton and, of course, the recaps coming in February from all your favorite Bravo shows. Until then, we will catch you on the flip side. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.